360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight, we are featuring Codebreaker Films and the two women who created this production company. They have turned their attention to films highlighting national security and human rights issues. On tonight's show, we'll hear clips from some of the documentaries produced by Codebreaker Films, including United States vs. Reality Winner, Enemies of the State, and National Bird. And we'll speak with Sonia Kennebec and Ines Hoffman-Kana, the producers and directors of these documentaries, and the founders of Codebreaker Films. That's tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Free Will and Franklin, coming to you from right here in downtown Antioch, Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Free Will and Franklin, and I am your host tonight. And before we get started, I just want to thank everyone that has supported KPFA during this and all our fun drives. Of course, KPFA could not survive without you, our listeners. And on behalf of everyone here at Full Circle and KPFA, let me say thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And let me remind you, If you didn't get the chance to donate during the on-air fundraiser, you still have a chance to make a difference in the fall fund drive. Just head over to kpfa.org and hit that donate button. And now, tonight, I'm excited to be bringing back a friend to the station, Sonia Kennebec, along with her filmmaking partner, Enos Hoffman-Kana, who together make Codebreaker Films Production Company. Tonight, we will be featuring three of their films and discuss with them the importance of creating these documentaries that highlight whistleblowers and national security. To get us started off, let's hear a clip from their most recent release, United States vs. Reality Winner. This film documents the story of Reality Winner, a 26-year-old NSA contractor who became the number one target of the Trump administration under the Espionage Act after disclosing a document about a Russian hack into the U.S. voting system. In this clip, we'll hear the voice of reality winner herself as she is being questioned during the raid on her home. We'll also hear from reality's number one advocate, her mother, Billy Winner Davis, and it ends with some comments from Edward Snowden. Check it out. This is United States versus Reality Winner. Partner, Wally Taylor. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, how's your day today? That's pretty good. Okay, well, 
The reason we're here today is that we have a search warrant for your house. Okay. Alright. Uh, do you know what this might be about? I have no idea. Okay. This is about uh, possible mishandling classified information. Oh my goodness. Okay. And of course, you had completely voluntary to talk to me. Backyard. Are there any weapons in the car? In the house? In the house, yes. What do you have? I have an AR-15. Is it pink? It's pink. Okay. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a Glock 9 under the bed okay. and a 15 gauge. You sound like my house. Okay. okay. We're good then. Alright, just don't make any, any movements for that. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, we're, we're all cool. It was a Saturday. It was early evening. We were actually getting ready to go next door to our neighbors for dinner and dominoes. That's what we would do. And my husband got a phone call. Got a phone call from Reality saying that she was in some kind of trouble. And, but the FBI was there and I needed to speak with one of the agents who said that she was being arrested and it was something to do with mishandling a document and that she would be arraigned on Monday afternoon in Augusta. She had tried to call me multiple times that night, but I was, I was out. I was watching a movie. And so I kept getting this weird call from this number that I didn't recognize, you know, calling nine, 10 times. And then the next day, when my mom told me that my sister had been arrested, I felt so overwhelmingly guilty because I knew that my sister was trying to call me, that I was the person that she was trying to call first because I'm, I'm her big sister, and that's who she's going to go to. Oh boy, pretty I screwed up. Well, it's going to be okay. Does it have to do with the um, background check stuff? No. Oh. I leaked a document, and they were able to trace it back to me. And it's kind of an important one. Okay. I just, I can't even get over, like, the little things. Like, I was supposed to teach yoga today. <laughs> I was supposed to be on a date last night. That's all I can think about, Brady. I know it's stupid, but that's my whole life. That's all I had. We made arrangements to have our house and everything taken care of. We packed, we, we got up very early, left that morning. And on the way to Georgia, she called several times. And every time, there was like a panic in her voice. Oh God, I hope I get bagel. I hope so. I'm praying, I'm praying real hard. You know, you don't have a record of any kind whatsoever. You have served your country. You're, you know. And I just want, I want to see you guys, and I want to see my cat and my dog. Oh, I'm not going to see Yeah, I know. You have one minute left. All right. Yeah, whatever happens, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. All right. I love you. I love you, babe. I love you, love you, love you so much. We got there at probably about 4 in the morning. And then that day, she had her first hearing, and they weren't going to release her that day. They said that they would set another bond hearing later in the week. And we just started getting calls from everywhere, ABC, NBC, CBS. And we had no idea what to even say to them. So at first, we were just hanging up because we had no idea what was going on. Well, then 
I had told Gary, I said, hey, the next one who calls, I'm going to find out what's going on. And so the next one who called was actually a reporter from New York City with CNN. And I said, you know, hold on just a sec, and can you tell me what's going on? Like, what is my daughter being charged with? And he said, ma'am, you don't know. I said, no. And he said, well, your daughter leaked a document about the Russians interfering in our elections. Tonight, this unassuming-looking 25-year-old is behind bars in Georgia, the main suspect in a federal leak investigation that the Department of Justice calls a threat to national security. Reality Lee Winner, an Air Force veteran who worked as a government contractor, is accused of removing classified material from a government facility and mailing it to a news outlet. The government says Winner, who had a top secret security clearance, leaked this secret NSA report about a Russian military cyber attack on a U.S. voting software company days before the election. Now, if she is convicted, she could face a maximum of 10 years in prison. But for now, she will wait in the jail cell behind me until her bond hearing in front of a federal judge this Thursday at 4 p.m. When I first saw the story break, the first thing that struck me about it was just a sense of gratitude that someone was still willing to do this from inside the NSA. She sees the president of the United States fire the FBI director. And there are all these questions about what's Russia doing? Is it interfering in the election? Every newspaper in the world is talking about this. This is A1 above the fold, you know, very top of the newspaper story. Um, and she's like, all right, there's this report that came across my desk that I could see. Nobody's talking about it in the media. Nobody's sharing this. Nobody thinks this is useful. Nobody thinks this is relevant. Or is this being hidden? You have to be some kind of unusual to be sitting in an office and look to your left and see everybody working alongside of you and none of them have a problem with it. And look to your right and none of them have a problem with it. And so then you start talking to them and say, do you see this? This is a little bit crazy, right? And they're like, yeah, when you put it like that, that's probably criminal. But they go, hey, let this be someone else's problem. And you, you're sitting in that chair and you're going, whose problem is it then? Think about the courage it takes in that moment, knowing that this is the one thing the incoming president of the United States hates and fears the most. All right, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. That was a clip from the film United States versus Reality Winner. And Reality Winner, an NSA contractor, was prosecuted under the Espionage Act by the Trump administration for releasing a report on Russian military hack into our voting system. The film was released in 2021 from Codebreaker Films. And I have the two founders of Codebreaker Films on the line tonight. First, many of our Full Circle listeners will remember Sonia Kennenbeck, who has been here on Full Circle before for her role in another film we featured, National Bird, which highlights the lives of whistleblowers from within the deadly U.S. drone program. Sonia is a documentary filmmaker and has been an investigative journalist for over 15 years, 
She was recognized as one of the 100 leading global thinkers of 2016 by Foreign Policy magazine, and she was also selected one of 25 new faces of independent film 2016 by Filmmaker magazine. She received a master's degree in international affairs from American University in Washington, D.C. She was born in Malacca, Malaysia, and now resides in New York City. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to Full Circle, Sonia Kennenbeck. Thanks so much for having me again. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Also with us tonight is Enos Hoffman-Kana. Enos has been producing and directing film and television for over 20 years. She began her career at Boston's PBS station. Many of you may be familiar with WGBH. There she worked for 10 years, working on one of my favorite shows, The Antiques Roadshow. Um, Enos also worked as a supervising producer for ITVS, where she helped guide over 30 filmmakers all the way from production to broadcast. Enos was also a series producer for two documentary series, Global Voices and Women of the World. She received her master's degree from Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts. Enos originally hails from East Germany, but now is a Bay Area resident living right here in Oakland. Welcome to Full Circle, Enos. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, both of you for being here. And before we dive into Codebreaker Films and the thoughts and ideas behind the production company, let's talk about the film we just heard from, uh, United States versus Reality Winner. Many people may not be familiar with the name Reality Winner at this point, but as we heard in the, the clip from the film, she was big news in the whirlwind of Russian interference of the 2016 presidential election. After releasing an internal government report on a Russian military hack into our election system. Reality Winner released this document after then-President Trump had just fired the director of the FBI, James Comey. She was subsequently sentenced to the longest sentence ever given for an unauthorized release of information to the media, five years and three months. Now, this film is not a Russia-did-it film. To me, this film seems more in line with other films you both have created. It seems to follow the personal stories of the people at the heart of the big story. At the same time, though, you're bringing awareness to the issue at hand. Um, tell us how you stayed away from the Russia-phobia of these times we were in and still are in, and how by focusing on the personal stories of reality and her family, you walked the line of just presenting the facts. Uh, the facts of what she did and what is happening to her and her family, and then leaving the conclusion to the viewer. So tell us how you did that, and let's start with uh, Sonia on this one. Yeah, Ines and I, we started working on this film because uh, we we first heard about you know this young whistleblower and former NSA contractor being arrested for disclosing a classified information. And these type of whistleblower cases are incredibly rare. Um, national security whistleblowers are rare in, in our society because the stakes are so high and the consequences are um, so big. And so when the news of her arrest um, you know, became public, Ines and I, we, we probably talked the same day or right after and and discussed, you know, what she had apparently, um, you know, or what she had disclosed at that time to to the Intercept, 
and the context of it. And of course, it was very, the, the content of her disclosure was very interesting to us as well because it involved or is about um, foreign Russian election interference. And as you, as you said, you know, around that time, um, there was a lot of, you know, discussion and contradictions and, and so little, you know, tangible evidence. So Reality Winner was really, you know, the person who disclosed an actual document um, addressing, um, you know, these attempted interferences. So that was kind of the starting point. But then what the film is really about, it is documenting her story and the story of her family, kind of what happened after her disclosure. And, you know, it's, it is, you know, we are also, um, you know, d discussing how the disclosure was reflected, you know, in, 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 in the media and by people who are concerned with election securities. But what is at the center of the story is, of course, the story of the whistleblower herself, reality winner, and how she was treated in the following years. When we make um, documentaries, we have... Um, oh, and uh, sorry, this is uh, Enos now speaking. Yeah. Yes, sorry to jump right in. Um, you know, to the second part of your question, you know, when we make a documentary, we have a choice as to form, right? And you could um, narrate a film and you could tell people, you know, the facts and what to think and so on. But uh, we made a decision very early on um, with our previous film, National Board, as well to really let an individual drive this narrative. And instead of um, being fairly didactic and, um, you know, talking about the issues, um, we use the person at the center of a um, big issue because we feel that this may uh, move people more than if you were to tell them, give them the mega data, so to speak, right? We feel that it may move them to action more when they feel it could be their neighbor or uh, someone that they know. So this is a very, um, very specific choice we made um, that we feel like may help people, especially right now. There's so much news. Um, it is really hard to break through as an independent filmmaker with stories, um, with news related stories. Um, so we feel like this approach may, may really help. Yeah. And I like how you present all the facts, you present the story, and then the conclusion is always left up to the viewer in your films. Well, here we are, and we survived the 2020 election, the insurrection afterwards. Um, Trump is not our president. Uh, he did deny the results and is lurking in the background with his grip on the Republican Party. Uh, reality winner um, pleads guilty, does time, and is now released and kind of fades into obscurity. Why was it important to you both to cover this particular story, the story of reality winner and her family, and, of course, the system that prosecuted her and worked to silence the whistleblower. Let's start with you, Enos. So as Sonia said, I mean, these um, these stories are actually uh, rarer than you think. This immediately uh, was on our radar. We were actually working on another film we'll talk about in a little bit, Enemies of the State. But um, we realized this was huge. And we were also very interested in the person Reality Winner was a very young woman. Um, she had just uh, left the uh, drone program. So there was another connection to our previous work, National Board. Uh, she'd served in the Air Force for six years and was now an independent contractor. But she had disclosed this and we were really, really curious as to who she was and what her motivation was. So 
you know, as Sonia mentioned, we talked about it and it became pretty clear that um, we needed to cover this, especially when we realized that the uh, mass media was not covering this case. Um, again, very curious. Uh, this was an amazing, you know, piece of news. Um, but when Sonia went to the first um, court hearing, there was a very, very little press there. Um, and that was another motivator for us that we had to cover this. Definitely. And I thank you for for doing that because you really got in deep and um, such as you did in National Bird, which we will talk about later. You really showed the story of her experiences and her family's experiences after exposing this document. Is there anything else that either of you would want to let our listeners know about the film United States versus Reality Winner before we move on? Um, Enos? Yeah, so um, we would love for people to watch the films on the festival circuit right now. A lot of these film festivals this year are virtual or online, uh, so people across the country can watch them. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about which festivals in a minute. But um, what we really want people to know is, um, though reality um, has now served her time, she got the longest sentence that anybody ever, ever got for a leak uh, to the media. So that was already a big, um, a big deal as well. But we really want people to know that she's not free. She may be out, but she's not free. Um, the family's really, really um, working hard on getting a pardon for reality so she can have um, a life after this. And Sonia, any last words you'd like our listeners to know about uh, United States versus Reality Winner? Yes, um, you know the we have in our power if you know stories um, you know get talked about or if they disappear, and I think um, it's very important for people to learn about Reality Winner, another whistleblowers, Daniel Hale, you know, national security whistleblowers, and share their stories, share our films, because these whistleblowers have disclosed some of the most important issues of our time, you know, um, in Reality Winner's case, you know, information about um, foreign election interference, and Danny Hill's case, um, information about, you know, the drone war. And these young people have, you know, been extremely courageous and have provided information um, while, you know, sacrificing their own well-being and their freedom. So, you know, I think it's the least that the audience and we, you know, can do as, you know, part of the society to really, you know, keep on, you know, research this information and share this information as well. Great, great. Thank you both. That's the voices of my special guest tonight. The one you just heard was Sonia Kennenbeck. And uh, before that is Enos Hoffman-Kana. They are the collaborators that have formed the production company Codebreaker Films. And we have been talking about their 2021 release, United States versus Reality Winner. Um, this film is currently on the virtual festival circuit right now, including Hot Springs, Tucson, Napa Valley, and others. And stick around to the end of the show for your chance to win a personal viewing uh, pass to watch uh, this film at home. But now we're going to move on to another film these two have made, and that is Enemies of the State. This film covers the story of Matthew DeHart and his family and what happened to him when he says he received documents sent to a server that he operated that contained information about the CIA and the anthrax attacks that the U.S. faced during then-President George W. Bush. 
In this clip, we'll hear from Matthew DeHart himself as he talks about the alleged torture he suffered at the hands of the FBI as they tried to get the information out of him. We'll also hear his mom's reaction to the torture and how she feels after she says she viewed the documents that her son was allegedly in possession of. So let's check out this clip from Enemies of the State, and we'll be right back. You, you spoke earlier of having been tortured while in detention. So would this have been during the period of August 6th to the 20th or, or 21st? Yes. And do you want to tell us what happened? I was put in what's called a dry cell. I, this was probably one day. Um, or it must have been Sunday, I'm sorry. They were knocking on the door every 15 minutes or so, so I wouldn't go to sleep. I had no bedding. It was just a concrete slab. Um, they took my, my suicide smock away from me, so they left me in the cell naked. And I had to go to the bathroom. They wouldn't let me out, so I, I soiled myself. They threw in bleach water all over me and all over the cell. Um, I was freezing. And now on, keep mind the whole time the FBI is coming every day to interrogate me for about five or six hours a day, I would guess. Um, and then I had collapsed in the courtroom. The judge allowed his lawyer to put the phone up to his mouth so that he could talk to me the first time I heard him and he sounded like a zombie. Dad, they say I'm spying for the Russians. And that's it. Tuesday was the first day they put me in a submission chair, I think. It's a chair with leg restraints and arm restraints. I was sat there naked. It's such a strong reaction from the FBI, from the Department of Justice, you have to ask why they were freaking out. Because I think it's indisputable from the record that they were freaking out. I had a, a canvas bag over my head and I couldn't breathe. I was screaming that I couldn't breathe. I felt like drips of cold water on my arm. And I got shot. I like days. I'm screaming and spitting and stuff. Just let you take a deep breath. It's okay. Just take a deep breath. Just pause for a second. Don't be in a rush to talk. Can you shut that off a second? There is a mask that they will use in the submission chair if you do spit. Um, and it does look like a what beekeepers would wear working in uh, the fields, but there is a mask that they will put over for the officer's safety. The fact that he was tortured and all of this stuff, it was, it was extremely overwhelming. And I have to be honest with you, my first thought is, is my kid, is he out to lunch? And then when I saw what was on the drives and what, we did to people and what we still do to people it all made sense why people would want to cover up things 
And why would they, they would destroy people's reputation, if not destroy them? It made all the sense in the world. The only way to make the facts in this case make sense is to entertain some kind of wild conspiracy theory, which is f***ed up, because I am not a conspiracy theorist. You know, I'm a former corporate Wall Street lawyer. But the only way I could make the government's reaction make sense is if I made some kind of assumption that he's got his hands on some crazy information that they just did not want to get out there. The day before we sought asylum in Canada, my son was concerned that he would lose his life over this. And he wanted one other person to be able to see what was on those files that he had. And I'm the other person that went through those files. That was it for me. I knew what this was all about. I knew what, what this was all about. And I thought, we're dead. We're dead. During the time in 2001, when there was the anthrax scare and several people had died, it was blamed on other parties outside of the country. And my son discovered that it was indeed perpetrated by the CIA and covered up by the FBI. Obviously, the information that was downloaded or dropped on his server was meant for WikiLeaks. It was a leak for the world to know that the anthrax attacks were not by some Middle Eastern group at the time. It was perpetrated by the CIA in order to drum up support uh, for Bush for the Iraq war. All right, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA and worldwide at kpfa.org. I am your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin, and I am featuring films from the production company Code Breaker Films. We just heard a clip from the film Enemies of the State. This film documents the story of Matthew DeHart as he and his parents try to flee from persecution in the United States. The family claiming to have information damning to the CIA. This film is also available on all video on demand platforms like Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Google Play. And it was produced and directed by my two guests tonight, Enos Hoffman Kana and Sonia Kennenbeck. These two women are the founders of Code Breaker Films. First, let me ask you both how did you feel covering the story of Matthew DeHart? It gets to be quite a tangled web of allegations from Matthew and his family, counter allegations from the FBI, the DOJ, including an investigation into Matthew DeHart soliciting child pornography. So how did you approach this very sensitive case and this subject? Uh, let's start with Sonia this time. You summarized this complex film very, very well, I think. You know, as you said, there's there's so much he said, she said in the story and a lot of sensitive su subject matters. So what was really important to us is that 
we could approach the film and our research independently, which we said to the the Hart family at at the very beginning is that if we take on this investigation and make a film, then we have to be able to, you know, research in all directions and talk to everyone who is, you know, in, in any ways involved in this case and would, would speak to us. And, and that was our approach from the very beginning. And what you see in the film is our journey of investigation. That's kind of the best way that I can describe um, sort of like what you will experience when you watch the film. It mirrors our own journey of discovery and we do represent what we were able to uncover along the way. And the film is really a search for the truth. And yeah, Ines, how did you feel approaching this very sensitive case? So unlike the more, in quotes, uh, traditional whistleblower stories like um, United States versus Reality Winner or National Bird, this was a lot more ambiguous. We approached it in the beginning, and just like we do any other film, um, we really sought access to the family. Um, and uh, Sonia talked to them, and um, they really did want to tell their story, and we really uh, wanted to dive in with them. But of course, uh, during the course of our investigation, it became clear that this was not a black and white story at all. So our approach is always the same. We start with access and we start researching and then we let the yeah, journey take us where it takes us. It was a little bit more unexpected this time around, but um, we followed. Um, we followed what we found and it makes the film more complicated. It is not necessarily an easy film to watch. It is not black and white. And depending on where you come from as the viewer, you may take different uh, things away from this film. But we really felt it uh, really fits into these times when um, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. Um, people read things on the Internet. Things become really big. You don't necessarily know uh, what's a lie, what's a, what's maybe made up, uh, what's truth. Um, and we, we really um, struggled with that. And we really tried to put forward um, a film that addresses all these um, issues. And again, taking one personal story um, and having that at, at, at the center. Yeah, thank you for that. And again, this film, Enemies of the State, is similar in presentation to the film we just covered earlier, United States versus Reality Winner. There is no narrator directing the flow of information. The story is told by the people involved in the story, and the final determination of the story is left up to the viewer. Talk about the importance of that approach for a story especially like this one, that of the DeHart family with all its different twists and turns. Uh, Enos. So as I said earlier, it's really important to us not to, um, you know, what we call in documentary, be the voice of God, so to speak, and, and, and tell people what to think. We will present as best as we can the facts that we um, have 100% uh, confirmed and then put them together in hopefully what is also um, a good film, also good cinema. We've been working with our team um, on these films. Um, it's the same team, the same uh, director of photography, Torsten Lapp, the same amazing editor, Maxim Goedeke. We have a wonderful composer in La Rudolph. And together we try to also make um, not just journalistically, um, you know, valuable films, but also, you know, aesthetically pleasing films, if you will. So really, we, we tend to uh, want to present in a specific way. And now that we have these three films, we can really see how, how, it, how it works together. And thank you, Ines. And Sonia, would you like to add anything to the importance of covering this story and how you did it? 
Yeah, I think I'm very, um, or yeah, particularly interested in stories that are not black and white. I think they reflect the world we live in a lot better. You know, there, there are, um, you know, we, we live in a complicated world and I think it's increasingly getting more complicated with the use of social media and, and, you know, a lot of sophisticated propaganda we are facing nowadays. And then of course, you know, human behavior is complicated. And so in order to cover these type of stories, you know, fairly and, and, and also, you know, in a multi-layered way, it's important to get, you know, the, the, the full scope of um, each of the stories. And if there are different opinions and different viewpoints to really represent them accurately and, and same as with, you know, other facts and information and, and share as much as possible with the audience to form their own opinion. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see myself as someone who tells people what to think or what they should think because, you know, I often, um, you know, along the research of a film, you know, I, I have different viewpoints and opinions and they change as new evidence comes up or we we're able, are able to get more information. And that's particularly important in this film. And I, I, I really want the audience to you know, to, to see that we are presenting the facts and the information that we could find and they can come to their own conclusions. Um, I, I really think this is crucial, you know, with this film. And I, I also hope that it will help people to, you know, like check their own sort of perceptions and, and beliefs and, and, and maybe like practice, you know, how do we find the truth in, in a world full of contradictions and um, yeah, and, 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 and conspiracy theories and, and information that is shared and spread so easily. So that's really for me what this film is for. All right. Thank you, Sonia Kennenbeck. And before that, we heard Enos Hoffman Kana, and they are the production team Codebreaker Films. And we've been discussing their film, Enemies of the State. And again, this film is available um, on on demand platforms like Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Google Play, etc. Thank you, too, for that great information about your films. Now, before we get into our last clip of the night, let's talk a little bit about Codebreaker Films. How did the idea come to you both to create your own production company? And why was it, in, why was it important for you two to cover these topics of national security and human rights? Um, Sonia. So, you know... National security and human rights, you know, investigative stories are, are challenging to cover um, because, you know, investigative research takes so much time. And then also in, in order to get access to certain type of information through Freedom of Information Act requests, um, you know, public records requests, it's helpful to have, you know, experience in this type of research and also certain resources or access to resources like, you know, the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press is an amazing organization that supports independent journalists and filmmakers. Um, but, you know, not everyone knows about these resources that exist. And so um, after, you know, with National Bird, we really gained a lot of valuable experiences 
in, um, you know, doing investigative films, you know, over the course of multiple years and really dig deeper into a complex and high risk subject matter. And that's why, you know, after our, you know, very good collaboration, we decided to continue working together um, because we felt that this is something that we really need here in this country to to um, yeah take on investigations into national securities and whistleblower stories. Thank you, Sonia Kennenbeck. And Enos, how did this um, idea come to you and why were these topics of national security and human rights important to you? So I have um, a little bit of a you know personal connection to all of this for sure because I grew up in East Germany and in this great irony of life, I now live in a country where I find certain similarities. Um, so ironically, um, as your listeners well know, you know, uh, life behind the Iron Curtain was very much judged by this country and, uh, you know, and the way East German government treated its citizens. But now, of course, we know uh, how much surveillance goes on in the United States. And these are familiar topics to your listeners. But it's really important to me to show people that in this country, not all is well. There's many, many, many uh, fires burning in this country, many, many issues, social justice issues everywhere. And then, of course, this great issue of um, government surveillance, um, the way citizens are treated, how dissent is treated. So I have this personal motivation um, to share these whistleblower stories. And I'm really, really grateful for Sonia to um, be. I'm glad that we found each other because she had started on National Board and had uh, found these whistleblowers. And it was amazing to me that access and that she gained their trust. And I thought this was just exactly what um, people in this country needed to hear. Now, is it difficult to get this in front of people? It definitely is. Being an independent filmmaker is incredibly hard. Uh, and we are completely independent, meaning we have to um, get our funding from many sources. Um, it's a you know patchwork of funding. I mean, we're barely <laughs> making it, but um, it's important to us to tell these stories. And I think this country needs to hear these stories, even if there's a lot of other things going on and it's hard to break through the noise. And while you're on, Ines, how successful has this venture been for you both? I mean, it depends a little bit on how you uh, define success. Um, I mean, I would say uh, we've been incredibly successful just by the fact that um, each documentary you start, you make and you finish is a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> you know, amazing feat. Right. So and we did this three times in a row. Um, we worked on these films the last five, six years and we made three uh, completed uh, feature films. So if that's the measurement, then I think we've been incredibly successful now, um, have we been able to sustain ourselves? Um, that's been a little bit less successful. Um, we always pay everybody we work with, but um, the funding is not always there to also pay ourselves well, um, making this very, very hard to continue. Um, and if there's any um, independent filmmakers listening today, they will know exactly what I mean. This is very, very difficult to pull off, but we are very proud of our work. Uh, thank you. I'm very proud of it, too, um, being able to watch these films and to feature you both on... Um full circle in KPFA. Well, we're, we're starting to get a little low on time, but of course we all hope uh, for your continued success, whether that be um, starting and completing a film or even monetarily, of course, so we can sustain ourselves and coming from public community supported radio. I, I know what you're talking about, but we want to take our last moment to give you and our listeners a chance to hear, hear from one of the earlier films, national bird. Um, we featured National Bird a couple of times during the KPFA fund drives of the past, 
but it has renewed interest at this time as it featured the lives and the stories of three whistleblowers from the U.S. drone program. And as we saw in this haphazardous pullout from Afghanistan, drone strikes are always somewhat of a guessing game um, of intelligence and information and two-dimensional video. And in one of its last great guesses of the war on Afghanistan, the United States launched a drone strike that killed Zamari Ahmadi and nine members of his extended family. Seven of those people were children. Um, the U.S. at first claimed the strike took out an imminent threat to the U.S. and its allies, frantically trying to evacuate thousands of people from the main airport in Kabul. But later admitting the tragedy was a mistake in their intelligence um, on the ground. Here is the trailer to the film National Bird. We'll be right back. You literally just kind of hover and you would wait until he walked out to the field to meet with some friends for something and you'd blow him up. Drop a hellfire missile on him. Maybe we killed our objective. Maybe we killed a guy who we thought was our objective. You don't know. When I first got into the military, I was thinking it was a force for good in the world. I thought I was going to be on the right side of history, and today, I don't believe I was. I still have a top-secret clearance, so I have to be extraordinarily cautious about what I can and can't say on camera. My job was to watch what's happening in the video, the drones, and identify everything. Adolescent near the rear of the SUV. That's deceptive. You get the opinion that you're at 10,000 feet, you see this photograph, you know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. You know what you see in two dimensions. You see someone die because you said it was okay to kill them. It's too easy. They just emboldened commanders. Let the party begin. Because there is no threat. I mean, this could grow to get so out of control. Somebody downstairs was knocking at the door, and immediately both people at the door shoved FBI badges in my face. The Espionage Act is one of the most serious charges you can level against an American. That I'm probably gonna get indicted and I'm probably gonna get charged. I lost part of my humanity working in the drone program. It's a secret program. I can't just go telling the public what it is. What I can tell you is that to me, it's frightening. All right, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and worldwide at kpfa.org. That short clip you just heard was the trailer from the 2016 documentary film, National Bird. The film follows the lives of three whistleblowers from inside the U.S. drone program. And you can hear in that trailer just how the operators feel. Sometimes you get your target, Sometimes you don't, and you kill somebody else. And as we mentioned before that clip, that statement was proven true in the killing of U.S. aid worker Zamari Ahmadi and nine members of his family, including seven children. Also, one of the pe uh, one of the people film uh, featured in National Bird was Daniel Hale, and Daniel Hale has also been prosecuted under the Espionage Act for the information that he leaked. Can you give us a quick update on Daniel Hale and how you're feeling about the film National Bird after this latest disastrous mistake by U.S. Central Command and the targeting of the U.S. aid worker, uh, Zamari Ahmadi? Um, Sonia, let's have you answer this. 
Yeah, so I've been in, in touch with um, Danny Hale. I was also present in court during his sentencing and have been speaking to him, you know, on, on a regular basis now afterwards. And we have also discussed the New York Times investigation. And um, it's, you know, I am I'm very glad and, you know, that the New York Times has been doing this investigation, um, you know, uncovering what you were just sharing with us. I do have to say that I wish this type of reporting had been done earlier by um, media organizations that have substantial resources. This is, you know, this year is the 20th year of drone strikes in Afghanistan, at least according to um, information about the first um, reported drone strike in Afghanistan in October 2001. And it's really important, as we see in this particular case, that journalists do independent investigation into these type of strikes because they can, you know, uncover entirely new and different information. And I really want to encourage all journalists interested in this type of reporting to really continue and keep digging um, because it's so important for us to, to really know the truth. Yes, and one of the documents that Daniel Hill released uh, revealed that during one five-month stretch of an operation in Afghanistan, the documents revealed 90% of the people killed were not the intended targets. And that, of course, has repercussions uh, for us here at home and um, how people perceive and um, think about the United States and their military intervention. So we are getting down to our last five minutes here. Um, you are listening to the voices of my special guest tonight. That was just Sonia Kennenbeck. And we're also joined by Enos Hoffman-Kana. They are the driving force behind Codebreaker Films. And they are producers and directors of the three films we have been featuring tonight. Uh, United States versus Reality Winner, Enemies of the State, and last, as we just heard from, National Bird. Can you give our listeners um, some information and where they could find these films and actually watch them, um, Sonia? Yeah, so um, the, the easiest way often to start is to, to Google the title. Um, you know, when you look up National Bird is, you know, pretty widely in, in distribution still. You can, you know, um, get it on, uh, you know, from YouTube over Apple TV over, you know, through Amazon, Vudu, Tubi, you know, a lot of different um, platforms where you can actually, um, you know, rent the film for a few dollars. Um, it helps us filmmakers, independent filmmakers, if you actually um, decide to, to rent and, and pay for a film. And uh, Enemies of the State right now is also in wide distribution. So same platforms, you know, Amazon, iTunes, um, you know, YouTube, um, all these these platforms. Enemies of the State dot movie is um, our our website, so you can see the trailer and you know gather other information there and how to see the film. And then United States versus Reality Winner is currently on the festival circle, and we have one festival where we are opening um, next week. It's called um, Double Exposure Festival, and you can buy tickets um, for the virtual screening starting. Um, the tickets are on sale now, but the screening will start on this um, next Wednesday in a week from now. 
And just a reminder to all our listeners, we will be posting uh, links on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, after the show tonight for all the information where you could find at these movies and where you could view them on the circuit. Well, before we say goodbye to both of you tonight, I wanted to ask about the importance of supporting independent filmmakers like yourselves, but also independent media that takes time to feature these films like KPFA. Let's start with you, Enos. Why is it so important to support filmmakers like yourself and independent media like KPFA? Well, where do I begin? <laughs> I think it's uh, in incredibly crucial. Um, we all know how um, mass media has a very different agenda uh, and not necessarily uh, neither the time nor the resources nor the will to dig into certain stories. And that's where independents come in, both independent journalists and bloggers, but also um, documentarians. Uh, it's incredibly uh, difficult to make these films. They do cost money. Uh, it takes um, quite some time. These are not news stories. Um, we take some years to make these films. And it's just very little funding. It's just very little funding, but it doesn't mean they'll stop, but it's difficult. Um, so yes, if you can uh, go support independent films, if you can buy, rent these films, that's already incredibly helpful. But also make sure that um, you demand these stories from the bigger outlets as well. And, um, you know, don't, don't, don't stop, you know, asking for uh, investigations. And Sonia, would you like to add to that? Why is it important to support independent filmmakers and independent media like KPFA? Well, the larger an organization gets, the, you know, the more potential you have for conflicts of interest. When you have these major corporations like in the U.S. that, you know, have so much money behind them and investors and, um, you know, also working across, you know, different um, industries, of course you have conflicts of interest. And that's where, you know, independent media, smaller organizations have such a crucial role because, you know, they do not have these investment and financial ties and so on that major global corporations have. And, you know, if you, if you want to have this independent information, you know, I think it's crucial that you provide funding to smaller production companies, to radio stations, you know, to, to independent journalists, because, you know, who else can you go to if something wrong happens to you? Like, how else can you, um, you know, make an, a wrongdoing public than through independent journalists and independent media organization? You know, media is, Media, journalism, film, documentary, they have such a crucial function in our society. So please help us continue doing our work. Definitely. That is the voice of my very special guest tonight, Sonia Kennenbeck. And before that, you heard Enos Hoffman Kana. They are the dynamic duo that has uh, created the production company Code Breaker Films, and we have been featuring their films tonight. And they have offered us as a bonus that they will offer three of our listeners a chance to see one of their films. The first three people that send an email to fullcircle at kpfa.org will get a free private screening um, at their home of one of these films. So the first three people to send an email to fullcircle at kpfa.org will get a chance to see one of these films. 
And um, Enos and Sonia, I thank you so much for joining us tonight and especially the offer to give out um, a private viewing to some of our listeners tonight. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. We're always happy to be on your show. Thanks for highlighting our work and our films. Thank you, Sonia and Enos. Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. All right. You're listening to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM KPFA and kpfa.org. That was my interview with the founders of Codebreaker Films, Sonia Kennebec and Enos Hoffman-Kana. And I want to take one last moment again to thank everyone who donated to the fund drive to keep KPFA and Pacifica going. A last reminder before we go, we are still accepting donations and offering the Storytelling for Social Change audio collection featuring the voices of Jack Hirschman, Janice Mirakatani, and KPFA's own Avacha and Mitch Jezerich. This is for any size donation. So if you didn't get a chance to donate during the on-air fundraiser, you still have a chance to make a difference in the fall fund drive. Just head over to kpfa.org and hit that donate button. And one more time for you folks in the back, kpfa.org. Keep us on the air in these important times. And that brings us to the end of the show tonight. Remember, the first three listeners to email fullcircle at kpfa.org will receive a free screening to one of these films tonight. Also, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for links to learn more about all the films featured tonight and how to see them. And just a reminder, the First Boys Apprenticeship Program is accepting application for our next group. So while you're at the website, click on that Apply tab and fill out an application. Let me give a big shout out to my special guest, Sonia Kennebec and Enos Hoffman-Kana of Codebreaker Films and the Full Circle crew, Miss M, Joy Moore, and myself, Free Will and Franklin. I have been your host tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is Londa Bajita. Good night, everyone. <laughs>